Hey, Jay. Hey, Tyler. I have a question for you. I hope I have an answer. Okay. Um, here, before we get into that question, I want to say something. We're in Studio South again this week. Hi, Studio yeah. South. Hey, how are you? It's almost um, like we never left. There is something hilarious that I just realized about Studio South. I just used the restroom. Um, and uh, in the men's room, there are these things called urinals where you don't have to. It's for number ones. Yes. Uh, you don't have to sit down. Right. In between the urinals. Yeah. On the wall, there is an ashtray. Yes. That is delightful. Harken back to another day. It shows when- you how old this place is when you had a place where you can place your cigarette butt while you're smoking in the church yeah. so that you can go to the bathroom. Yep. I think it's probably because typically if you uh, are of a certain age that you remember when people smoked all the time and they would go into urinals, there would always be cigarette butts in the urinals. Yes. Um, we don't live in a world that that's not really the common reality anymore, but I remember growing up as a kid, there were always cigarette yeah. butts in the urinals. So I think it's more to keep that. Smoking has really diminished a bit. Yeah. There were a bunch of vape pens in the urinals now, though. That's the thing. <laughs> So anyway, here's my question. You have so a good one. So we are right on the cusp of Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry uh, Merry Advent, actually. Yes. yes. So we are. Uh, today is. Uh, There's a lot that happens for pastors on the 24th. Yeah, there does. But then the nice thing is kind of the the week between. The week between is real nice. Everything shuts down. That's great. So here's my question for you. We are in. <laughs> Christmas season. Yes. Uh, we are at the, at, I mean, for many people, they're kind of almost done with Christmas season. I like to try to hold on to as much as I can because I like to go through Epiphany, which we'll talk about next week. Yes. But, um, we, there's some very important things that come up in this season. <laughs> and uh, so the most important, I mean, that we, uh, there's a lot of kind of theological things to get straight about the incarnation versus yeah. resurrection, things like yeah. that. One of the most important things that we need to settle during this season. Yeah is uh, an important question that I know you do not know the answer to. No. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And and I have not yet seen it. Which blows my mind that you can be... What should blow everybody's mind is that this podcast, centered as it is around the theology of pop culture, yeah. how shockingly few have you movies... Seen, but have you seen the movie uh, Home Alone? Yes. Have you seen The Santa Claus? Yes. Have you seen Elf? Yes. Have you seen um, It's a Wonderful Life? No. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But still, that movie is 70 years old. So yeah, right. there's a better chance of you not having seen that, but you saw all these other movies that were made the same year or around a similar time. Really? Uh, uh, yeah. Have you yeah. seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? No. What? Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah, Again, I'm good. horrible. Uh, but have you seen? A I know Christmas, there's a have you seen a Christmas story. Yes. Okay. Many, 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 many. So times. I, uh, be, because we can't really have much of a discussion about this, I will say uh, for <laughs> about this one thing. But then I do have a follow-up discussion. What's going to go yeah. in some crazy territory? Okay. Okay. I will make the argument uh, of which Jay will have no opinion that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Sure. I'll make that argument very simply in this in the next 10 seconds by saying it's Christmas movie because Christmas is integral to the plot. It is the theme throughout. It is all these things. You take that movie out of... Uh, like, Christmas is apart from uh, Bruce Willis defeating these uh, terrorists, in air quotes. They're actually just thieves. Um, Christmas is front and center. Uh-huh. And major things in the plot would not make sense if it wasn't Christmas. If you watch that show or that well, movie in the middle of summer... It's gonna feel odd. Let me let me stop you here and yeah. just back you up a little yeah, yeah. bit uh, to the uh, God help me to the hot dog is a sandwich debate. <laughs> How do you define a Christmas story or a so Christmas movie? A Christmas movie. What I would say is that uh, a Christmas movie. Well, for the sake of the argument, I will define it in a certain way, and yeah. then later I will reveal the sleight of hand. <laughs> for the sake of the argument, a Christmas movie 
is has Christmas as a central piece of the plot. Okay. Meaning that if you remove Christmas, you have to then you would have to adjust the plot to account for Christmas not being part of it. <coughs> okay. Okay. Based on that, yeah, I am going to make the argument that three movies, one of which you I now know you haven't seen, so right. I won't. Three movies, uh, two of which have the word Christmas in the title. Wow. Are not actually Christmas movies. Wow. Here they are. Okay. It's a Wonderful Life is not a Christmas movie. I, yeah, I you haven't seen it. I don't, I've it, seen it. It doesn't matter. Uh, that one is really not a Christmas movie in that it just happens on Christmas Eve. Apart from that, they never really talk. Like, right. And the vast majority of it is like the tell. It's a great movie. So I like, do, it really holds up. It's a really watchable movie. It's really interesting. Uh, it's basically this guy uh, is contemplating suicide at, right. the, at the beginning. And then he... Uh, and the whole first half of the movie is telling his life like this angel's learning about his life and then we meet him on this place where he's about to commit suicide the angel comes down to convince him not to and then he's like it would have been better if I just wasn't born he's like oh that's interesting and so then he shows him what his life would be like if he hadn't been born right all of this just happens on Christmas Eve Christmas has nothing to do with that outside of that that is the least Christmas movie of all of these you can you can have it set on January 2nd. You can have it set right. anytime the in the winter. would not. You wouldn't have to change really any lines. Yeah. They even sing Old Lang Syne at the end of it, which is confusing because that's a New Year's song. Uh, <laughs> so the uh, Which, by the by, I, I, Whamageddon is one of the best things you've ever come up with. I do, yeah. Let, let's and, talk and about that real quick. We'll come back to that. I didn't come up with it. The internet did. Oh, it's okay, terrifying. Yeah, re- remind me. Yeah. Remind me later. Um, so... <laughs> It's absolutely so terrifying. Here, here is the argument that I'll put for the other two movies. Okay. So The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Is a movie. You've seen this, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, stop action animation movie. I think it's from 1994. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Uh, 1993 or 94. I think it's 94. Yeah. Uh, Tim Burton directed it. Uh, Harry Selnick uh, is kind of the main guy behind it. He he directed Coraline, which is the best movie ever. Yeah. Um, Depending on your argument, I could go either way on this. But okay. all to say, it's a great movie. It's, it is a great movie. Here's my point about that one. Like Clearly, Christmas is integral to the plot yeah. of that movie. So I'm less saying that this one you can just take it out of Christmas, but I am saying this is a Halloween movie. Yeah, this is not a Christmas movie. I would agree with that. Okay, we've we've I would now agree with we've that. now the requirements. Yeah. That I would agree uh, with that, it, it, especially because the tone of the movie and the tone of everything Chris uh, uh, Tim Burton is Halloween. Yeah. Uh, it, the, if, wait, if, wait, if Tim Burton was asked to make a Christmas movie, this would be the best he could do. I would say no. The best he can do is Edward Scissorhands, which is his Christmas movie. Yeah, okay, that is also set during yeah, Christmas, yeah. and he grew up in California, so that's, fair. that's why there's no. What about snow Batman or Returns? Batman Returns is also a Christmas movie directed yeah. by Tim Burton. Yeah, uh, both of those are more Christmas than Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> I would agree with that because everything Christmas in this movie is seen through the lens of Halloween. Yes, so it's how a Halloween person celebrates Christmas, or how you bring Christmas into Halloween. Agreed. Okay. We've solved that one. We for might the rest of <laughs> have a little different disagreement here on this next. Here one. is my thing on a, a, a Christmas story. Yeah, is not one a Christmas of movie. My favorite movies of all time. It's maybe my favorite movie to watch during this time of year. It is my favorite Christmas movie. So go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Take me there. The plot. Yeah. Has nothing to do with Christmas. Here are the plots of a Christmas story. <laughs> The a main, kid the, the, wants a BB gun for Christmas. The, Go the, ahead. The wiggle main, your way out of this one. The main theme of this movie is the kid wants a BB gun. For Christmas. He is trying to find a way to get this BB gun. Yeah. The other plots of this movie. The father wins a major award. <laughs> Unrelated to Christmas. Like electric sex yeah, in the, the window. The, the, the soft glow of electric sex <laughs> gleaming in the window. Uh, 
that is a beautiful movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, it it so has good. like several episodes. Yeah. But the episodes are all intertwined. So um, the father wins a major award, has nothing to do with Christmas. Um, it, and there's the whole story of kind of his his mom and his dad kind of battling out over who um, uh, over whether or not to have the sexy leg lamp in the window the leg lamp breaks yeah uh, he buries it in the in the yard that has no impact on the rest of the plot no so no, that that's, a that's separate a plot. standalone plot yeah um, that I agree with you could happen on January 2nd yes and it would be the same the other main plot are the yeah. bullies Scott Farkas yeah and Grover Dill and Scott Farkas uh, terrorizes them every day on their way to school, every day on their way back. Um, he beats up Flick. Uh, oh, third subplot. Flick is double dog dared, triple dog dared even. Oh, yes. To stick his tongue against the pole. So all of these need winter. Yeah. None of these need Christmas. Not specifically, no, but it, no, they, they straight up don't. Right. Not, specifically, right. they don't. Right. <laughs> and, and specifically, figuratively, generally, they do not need Christmas. I give you that. All, all of these plots so far. Yeah, um, and flick that that whole thing. The, he kind of has this uh, bad day because things don't go his way. Scott Farkas encounters him. He has this fire inside him. He oh. beats up Scott Farkas, bloodies his face. So good. Uh, loses his glasses. His his brother is then sad. He then says all the f words. Yeah. Uh, doesn't get in trouble for it because his mom's great. Another plot. <laughs> he helps his dad change a tire. In the middle of changing the tire, he the, uh, the dad hits the hits the the thing, sends all the all the bolts that were changing the tire all over the thing. He says the f word, oh fudge, <laughs> but I didn't say fudge. Yeah. Then gets his mouth washed out with soap. Yep. Classic. Yes. Amazing. Gets sent to, to dinner with nothing to do with Christmas. No, I agree. Then the other major happening in the thing, they're pre- presenting. Uh, the mom is preparing the dinner. It is so great. The father's been waiting for it. He loves turkey. They we have we hear about these dogs the whole time. The dogs break into the house, eat the turkey, ruin everything. The what kind of turkey? The Christmas turkey. It's just a turkey. Yeah, okay. It's, is it dressed up like Santa Claus? No, no, but it's the traditional meal of this family at okay. this particular so this is, holiday. Clearly, this is set during Christmas. Yeah. But I would say most of these stories are not about Christmas. None of the stories that I've told you about so far. Or about Christmas, the 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 BB gun. I I mean, yes, that's the one that has the connection. But he doesn't want Christmas. He wants the BB gun. Right. I, I here's my counter to all of that. And, and that's so wait, all wait, fair. Wait, wait, wait. My last thing is that. Okay. You could, so you could easily. Yes, you do have to make an adjustment. You could easily change this to his birthday. You could. And really, barely anything else in the movie changes. Except that. Here's my here's my counter argument. I think the BB gun at Christmas is the plot the main plot and everything you just named much like this fine podcast you find yourself listening yeah, to yeah, yeah. we find tangents <laughs> in places that what tangent did we have in the last episode we were starting with uh what was the last episode time zones we got to star the, wars yeah. yeah we were talking about time zones and somehow managed to get to the nazi symbol in uh denver international, <laughs> denver international airport. airport that had nothing to do with what we were actually talking about <laughs> it was just a tangent and uh, Christmas story is filled with these tangents <laughs> that just go out of nowhere. But the main through line is I want a BB gun for Christmas. The interesting thing about a Christmas story, though, when I started to realize that, is that it really isn't one cohesive story. It's a bunch of different oh, stories. Oh, it's a whole yeah. bunch of stories. Which is so great. Which is why I think it's a Christmas movie, because what I think it's pointing to is we all have this idealized American Christmas 
that this is how it goes and you know Christmas morning results in coming around the tree and getting the pink bunny rabbit outfit and but there's so much chaos in the in the surrounding events of life that feel more acute during Christmas time than they would around someone's birthday here is the other plot of a Christmas story uh-huh he wants his decoder ring the little oh. orphanity decoder ring. He yeah. waits and, and he, he he drank all the Ovaltine to send away. That's it, eternal. It finally comes, and then it's a crummy commercial. Yeah. Oh, son of a gun. Drink more Ovaltine. <laughs> the best line of that movie, by the way, before we settle this debate forever, is Randy lay there like a slug. It was, it was his, his only, his only defense. defense. <laughs> Daddy's uh, not gonna kill Ralphie. Uh, um, I love it. So, I would my counter counter to that. <laughs> Is uh, so that these are based on the writings of a man named Gene Shepard, who is also the narrator of that movie. Okay. Um, so written by Gene Shepard. So the voice you hear, that great voice, who's also the voice of um, the uh, Carousel of Progress uh, at Disney World. If you okay. ever go on the Carousel of Progress at Disney World, a terrible, boring, awesome ride. <laughs> um, I do love it, but there's I love it because it's like what. Why are we still doing this? Um, the original version of it had uh, Rex something, who is the voice in, uh, it's the voice of the narrator slash dad in Charlotte's Web. Um, but then it was updated in like the 2000s or the 90s, and Gene Shepard was the voice. He has since passed away. He's He wrote a lot of stuff. He was like a memoirist, if you mem- memoirist, yeah. uh, monologist kind of guy. And uh, his, so this is based largely on stories from a book called In God We Trust, All Others Play Cash. Ah. Uh, it had a couple other ones as well. Uh, I mean, a couple other stories. So all of these stories were then, it's an omnibus of different stories. He's, he's like David Sedaris or someone like that. Yeah. If you ever read David Sedaris, yeah. he's fantastic. Very good. Um, and many of these stories in, in these books are not set at Christmas. I think the only one that is set at Christmas is the Red Rider one. And so they were then integrated into the Red Rider story, which is set at Christmas. Yeah. So that is when I realized like, oh, yeah, barely any of this movie has to do with Christmas. That's the overarching kind of linking premise. Uh But it really is not ultimately, by and large, a Christmas movie. So is Home Alone a Christmas movie? Yes. Well, because they really. just as not easily really. could have gone on vacation in July. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's not really a Christmas movie. No. Oh, see, see, I think we got to work on the definition then. Because like, uh, you could change it to anything, and does it change? Does it fundamentally change the movie? No. Yeah, I don't know about that. Because like, I would say like Iron Man three. Home Alone is less of a Christmas movie than a Christmas story is. Uh, I might agree with that because they remade it exactly as it is and just set it in New York. Yeah, and that's not a well. Christmas. Home Alone one is Christmas too. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, but Home Alone 2 doesn't really have anything to do with Christmas. No, not at all. No. Other than the president's in it. Who? Tim Curry? Donald Trump. What? Donald Trump's in Home Alone 2. Wait, Donald Trump's the president? Yeah, he is now. Now. Right this second. It depends on when we record this. Live <laughs> <laughs> well, at <laughs> And I'm a Tyler. And this is Rubbing the Bastard.
just a follow-up on that. Now that, we're, now that we're away from that, here is my actual definition of a Christmas movie. Oh, okay. If you watch it, if it's a movie that you feel like you need to watch at Christmas, yeah. then it's a Christmas movie. A Christmas Story, 100%, is a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. But the point of that is, like, we really should parse out. Because I also, to me... Uh, I mean, we talked about uh, a couple episodes ago, or last episode, I think, that Star Wars, for many yeah, people, are it's Christmas becoming movies. Christmas movies. The Lord of the Rings movies are Christmas movies because yeah. they all came out around Christmas. So, I w- the Harry Potter movies are Christmas movies. There's, yeah, in, they have a in feel the Harry, to it. Well, in, in the first one, they actually do have Christmas in it. Yeah. All of the books, they have Christmas in it, but most of the movies don't because they don't. They can't make six-hour movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. And, uh, yeah, so, for the sake of the argument... I, I would not I'm not as hardcore about Christmas movies as you are about sandwiches uh, <laughs> but I think that the, one, it's it, the American to me taco. It's, it's less about winning the argument more about making the interesting point that so many of these Christmas movies especially because people get so worked up about trying to declare that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie yeah Die Hard is as Christmas a Christmas movie as Home Alone is a Christmas movie yeah to argue that it's not a Christmas movie is just trying to po- prove some point that doesn't matter what are some Christmas what are movies that you have to watch during the Christmas season uh, Christmas Story is definitely one in fact I, I got wind of the fact I might actually have to break down and buy that movie um, Christmas Story yeah oh yeah because you well no you don't have it no because here's what was beautiful is TBS uh, yeah did they still do that I, I've heard they're getting rid of it why they did it as recently as last year so TNT still, did it for a while like it, yeah. it, TBS started it and then it moved to TNT or vice versa yeah they're both owned by Turner but anyway every year one of those two channels does 24 hours of Christmas story which is it's a great movie to because it's so episodic you can yep. just jump in it I you didn't realize say, it until you had that yeah I was gonna say I, I I don't know I don't know that I've ever actually sat down and watched a Christmas story from start to finish oh man in one sitting I keep popping in and out that would be here's an interesting thing just to ruminate on what's the movie i mean you there's no earthly way to know this definitively but what movie do you think you have seen from start to finish the most times in your life Ooh, and and not necessarily in one sitting but cumulative start to finish oh uh oh i mean christmas story is up there for me i probably i've seen it hundreds of times yeah and i don't get tired of it and it's a part of it is you know uh, again i big church here uh the 24 hours of christmas starts christmas eve yeah christmas story there, the, our worship service schedule on Christmas Eve is five o'clock family circus service. Um, <laughs> was that was that on purpose? That was very much oh, on man. purpose. Yeah. I was like, that was the best Freudian <laughs> thing. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, seven o'clock contemporary, nine o'clock, and eleven o'clock traditional. Oh, four services. Four. I forgot this is a giant church with an e- with an hour between each. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I don't do anything for the five o'clock. And do you have cable God. in the building? No, but I have an okay. internet connection and a streaming service. So, like, nice. I will routinely, my thing is I'll finish up a worship service, clean up, greet, whatever, and then you usually have about half hour, 45 minutes mm-hmm. in between each to kind of regroup and, and not Christmas really story. do anything. Throw on a Christmas story. Nice. Uh, the choir brings Yeah, cookies. an hour is just enough time to not do anything. Right. Like, it's, just it's enough time kind to, of the worst. Yeah, you can't go anywhere. I mean, it's enough time to really, you can, you have enough time to breathe in between the services, but you can't go home. Right, no. You can't. Go get food. You nope. can't do anything. No, you're locked in the building. Yeah, but there's free time. Yeah. So Christmas story makes a lot of sense. So that's kind of it's become very integral to my Christmas Eve. Yeah. Uh, traditions and celebrations. Yeah, that is a it's a it's a great movie. So uh, I'll just rattle them off here. I have a bunch of movies that I like have to watch during Christmas. Yeah. For the longest time, I would do 25 days uh-huh. uh, of Scrooged. 
Oh, the Bill yeah. Murray movie. Like, we would watch it every day. That's Especially before movie. we had kids. You can't quite watch. Our kids aren't quite old enough to watch it yet. Yeah. In the next couple of years, we'll, uh, we might let them, s- like, do a viewing of it. But it's, it's a little it's a little too grown up. A little too hard PG. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we, but we would just have it on. When we were single or young parents, we would just, whenever the TV would turn on, we would just play Scrooge. Yeah. And we did. So the point, uh, the goal was just kind of a soft goal to like, let's watch a little bit of it every day. And I got like easily 25 days of Scrooge. Yeah. Uh, so that one, um, I really like Polar Express. My wife's not as big a fan of it. I don't love it. I, I, li- I mean, it's it's uncanny. Every time I watch it, I like it more because it's so weird. Yeah. There's all kinds of creepy things that happen in it, which I like a good scary Christmas movie. Like a scary kids movie. Yeah. Like a movie that's a little too scary for kids. And that one is a little, like it's not quite appropriate. Yeah. I, I have a hard time with that one because that was my favorite Christmas book. Oh, okay. Up. Okay. Yeah, um, I didn't have any access to it. It's, it's, it swings big and kind of misses. Yeah. But it's, I like uh, it, it, it's when um, uh, Robert Zemeckis was really doubling down on like motion capture, and he never yeah. quite never quite got it. Beowulf is a mess. Yeah. If you ever see Beowulf, and the Christmas Carol is also a mess. That one is oh yeah, it's a little too scary. Also, yeah. I mean that one. I kind of want it to be good, but Jim Carrey is too Jim Carrey in all of the stuff. Uh, if they had a different actor doing that, I w- it would be a better movie. Oh, uh, in our household. Very essential is Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas, yes. And it's not quite a movie. It's like no, a half but hour, a thing. but it's a thing. So we have, in terms of Christmas specials, we have Charlie Brown Christmas, Rudolph Christmas, uh, Garfield Christmas, Rudolph, yes. Uh, I love The Night Before Christmas, the Rankin and Bass one also. Uh-huh. It's a cartoon. Uh, a Year Without a Santa Claus is pretty great. Um, Frosty is pretty great. Oh, I like Frosty. Uh, Prep and Landing, those are really good. If you get the chance to watch those, those are awesome. I read an article in the New York Times that said that Rudolph was the most queer-friendly Christmas music movie. Because of the island of misfit toys? Well, the kind of the idea that misfits are the theme of the whole yeah. movie. Yeah, uh, we're a know. couple of misfits. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that, like, no one has a, a place to belong. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, oh, that's, that's fitting. And yet they all belong together. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I was like, ah, that's neat. That makes sense. Uh, other movies? Uh, I Here's where I uh, stand out from the crowd. I don't really think elf is that good of a movie i don't either yeah i i i, I think I, it, it's funny it i makes want me it to chuckle. be better yeah i think it was a funny movie once it's not a movie that gets better every time i see it no and i would say the same about national lampoon's christmas vacation i'm also in very much in the minority with that uh it's not it's not a movie that i like more every time i see it yeah. i get tired of both of those movies i think that they're fine they're they're fine movies but the best christmas movies i don't get tired of watching yeah and I, i've got one viewing uh, like uh polar express is right on the edge i can watch it once a year yeah and then i get done with that I was like oh yeah there's a lot wrong with that movie well that's interesting because I, I one of my favorite movies growing up was home alone and yeah. home alone 2 and i haven't seen them in a while because i home haven't alone is still them. really fun home alone 2 is not good to, to the, <laughs> we just, well yeah. we just watch them both to the debate of and and we bring up disney enough yeah. this is a side note they're this, both on disney plus they are yeah. and i feel like if we hype disney just a little more Roughing the Pastor can get on Disney Plus. Oh, that's a life goal. Yeah, um, or we just, just get them to sponsor us and yeah. get us free Disney. Plus. So, yeah. Mr. Disney, you know, we uh, currently have no sponsors because yeah. we're not doing this right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, you're telling me there's money in this? Yeah, yeah not much. But <laughs> I have with Disney Plus, you can see Home Alone, Home Alone too. I have specifically held off on both. Home Alone is really good. I mean, 
everybody's really mean in it. There's a lot of it's really violent. Like there's a oh, lot yeah. of there's a lot of things wrong with that movie, and not in the traditional like oh there's racism there that we just didn't catch. Like no, it's there's just, a lot of entitlement. The family's really really rich. Yeah, like in a way that. Is I said that recently on on Twitter, and everybody's like, "Of course, you didn't realize that." It's like, I mean, not the, really. Yeah. No, I didn't because I was a kid when I watched it, and they're as rich as a family has ever been in a movie that doesn't comment about how they're rich. Yeah, which makes it seem weirder because by not pointing out that they're rich, it seems like you're saying, "Oh, this is just acceptable. This is yeah. just how people are." And I think John Hughes does that a lot more. This is John Hughes movies. Who also did Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles and. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, all the, those movies. Anything yep. set in Chicago in the 80s is basically by <laughs> John Hughes. Um, and his movies have a lot of people who are rich who don't talk about the fact that they're rich. And I think that he just grew up in a rich place and just was like, yeah, this is just yeah, how it is. is. It. Yeah. And um, that Home Alone 1 really, it, it's hard. I did not notice how rich that family is until... Like again, I saw it when I was like eight, yeah, nine. Right. We didn't know I'm, what I'm rich a year was. older than Macaulay Culkin, so that puts into perspective how old he <sighs> is when that movie came out. I was one year older than that. Yeah. So uh, I saw it when it was in the theaters. Yep. And I saw number two when it was in the theaters, and I enjoyed both of them at the time. One holds up as a funny movie. Yep. Uh, if you can get past the they're super rich and all of these things would have killed any of these people. Uh, two is ridiculous. It holds up for one single scene, one single shot. Yeah. Where Tim Curry is hilarious. He gets slapped oh, in the he face. He is in that. Yeah. yeah. So Tim Curry, who is in, uh, he's uh, Dr. Frankenfurter in um, uh, Rocky, Rocky Horror, Horror Picture Show. He's uh, he's just awesome. I love Tim Curry in everything. He's in Clue. He's yeah. The, he's the Such butler. Such a good movie. He's so good in that. Um, and he. Uh, there's a point where he is saying uh, the mom, the super entitled mom uh, of uh, Kevin McAllister is yelling at him. He is the the hotel manager of, of this thing that the kid has snuck into and stolen thousands of dollars worth of hotel fees. Yep. Uh, and he says something about like, you'll never find him. He's lost in New York. And she slaps him in the face. And he's like, let me get your car. Like he just changes his demeanor to being in thing. But his chin quivers like he is in so much pain i'll just i'll find it and i'll post a link to it yeah, i'll just because that's all you need it. it's it's the one of the best face acting moments <laughs> it is so funny that i kept rewinding and watching it and my kids were like like they were watching it because i kind of got tired of it and i was like okay i'm gonna go in the other room and then they came they kept rewinding it i was like what are you guys doing he's like you gotta watch his face like <laughs> and the fact that they were able to realize that that was yeah. funny really joe pesci and, oh. and, and uh and what's it? daniel stern they're killing it in so that movie. i mean they're selling it's it's a it's an abbott and costello movie it, yeah it's, it's a fine movie yeah and then just to to complete my nerddom uh i have to watch every christmas and i'm i'm, I'm about there I, i've gotten far enough into advent the first four seasons of the west wing oh geez no no each one has a Christmas oh, episode. Okay. <laughs> like no, every no. year, I watch these four seasons. Well, I probably do. That's probably true oh, too. But yeah. 102 hours of television. But they they do a very interesting thing where each of the Christmas episodes connects Ooh. with the other ones. Ooh, yeah. It's I got some neat, work to do then to at least get to the first one. I'm still on the fifth episode of The West Wing. It's a neat story they do yeah. in the Christmas episodes. The West Wing, at least on first viewing, it's a it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's, I mean it's rewarding work, but you can't watch it passively because no. there, there's so there's so much going there's on. There's like an episode and a half's worth of dialogue in one episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so you really have to pay attention. So I, it's it's slow going, not because I don't enjoy it. It's just because I don't have time to only watch the TV. Yeah, um, for 
something that my wife is not interested in. <laughs> um, the on that on that line. Uh, so we all every year we watch the Community Christmas episodes. Uh-huh. Community is a great show that has some great Christmas episodes. The stop action animation one is fantastic. If you haven't seen Community, you really know. I have not. You no. have to watch the show. It's yeah. fantastic. So here's my question. Yes, I understand why Christmas is such a big holiday culturally. Yep. It is a season of shopping, which nothing excites Americans quite like going to the mall. I work right next to the food court at, at the mall. Um, and I want to be very clear th- which, which part of that delineation I'm excited about, the food court. Because you can get anything you want all in one shot. I love, I've said, I've casually alluded to this before. I love the idea that there is a functional mall, like a thriving mall yeah. near where you are. Because that yeah. seems like an antiquated thing. And that uh, people, both kids and you, still frequent it. Yeah, yeah, a okay. lot. Except between Black Friday. <laughs> so you're is this South and Park Mall? This is uh, South Hills Village. South Hills Village. I live right beside Ross Park Mall. Yep. Which has made, I think it's made rules about unattended teenagers. Being really? There. One of the malls that I'm close to, maybe it's not that one, but there are a yeah. lot of malls that will say, like, teenagers can't be here. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's by themselves. American. Yeah, I know it really is. Yeah, I frequently maybe Ross Park hasn't been. I don't know. I only go to the Apple Store and then I leave. I stop at Ross Park Mall almost every time I come to Studio North. There's a great Apple Store there. There is. Yeah, yeah. We have an Apple Store as well, but I cannot go to the food court between Black Friday yeah. and like a week or two after Christmas because everybody's shopping. So Americans love shopping. I get that. Mm-hmm. The snow. And some still love the mall. Yeah. Yeah. The snow, the lights, the there's a magical atmosphere. But to you as a pastor. If I were looking at it purely theologically, if you were to compare Christmas and Easter hmm. as to which is the bigger holiday for Christians, oh, it would have to be Easter. Yes, on, on as as lived out. So explain to me why people Christmas, religiously make a bigger deal out of Christmas or out of Easter. Right. Yeah. But why does Christmas get all the airtime? I know the answer for me. I'm just curious. I'm teeing that up for you. Why does Christmas matter from a Christian perspective? Not this is not a put Christ back in Christmas rant. No, no, no. Because no, I no. could do that too. But well, I have on two the ways. How do you want me to answer this? Um, <laughs> Honestly, why? Well, here's what I would. I would. This this may be jumping the gun. I think Christmas is as important, if not more important, than, than Easter. Than Easter, I would agree. Okay, I would agree. But I like again. If I was new to Christianity, oh. if I was if I was just coming at this fresh. I would think the resurrection was more important. Yes. So why, from a religious standpoint, do we get more excited about Christmas than we do it about Easter? Yes. Uh, I think the the for most people, John Q. Pugoer and Jane <laughs> Q. Pugoer, whose parents hated him. Yeah. yeah. Well, they didn't name like him and her. They named her the, Jane, Jane the, and John. That the wasn't, Q was they, unnecessary. The Pugoer. That. No, that's part of the last name. It's Kupugar. Oh, it's uh, yeah. it's French Huguenot. Swedish. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I think that Christmas gets more play because of the cultural connotations. Yeah. Um, uh, and I mean, like for Santa Claus makes sense. The Easter Bunny doesn't really. Right. Um, yeah, from that standpoint, and there's not too many great. We don't talk about Easter movies. Right. We just spent 25 minutes talking oh, about man. how great the Christmas movies are. Christmas we, music, by the way. We haven't mentioned Christmas music at all. We could go into a whole big thing about Christmas music. Here, wait, real quick. Yeah. Top three Christmas songs. What uh, are your favorites? Religious, non-religious, you don't care? Uh, let's do popular, and then we'll do three favorite Christmas carols. Top three popular. 
I do love, for as much as it's getting me in trouble, Last Christmas by Wham. Uh, it's, Now's the time. Tell us about Whamageddon. Uh, so Whamageddon, Tyler uh, challenged my friend Ed and I. I found about, out about this on Twitter. From December 1st to December 25th. Yeah. Anytime you hear the original, I'm so scared to even say this because there will be people on Twitter to mess so with here, us. So here, I'll explain it because yeah, okay, here's okay. the deal. <laughs> I heard it. Did you? Yes. And I You're heard out. It. I'm out. And I heard it that when I... so. <laughs> Here's the deal. So last Christmas, I gave you my heart, and I am going to play it right now. So oh, I'm ruining I'm it for everybody. I'm not listening to my own podcast. But you can listen to it after the 25th. So you can listen to this okay. after Christmas. Um, I, I will give it... Here, I'll, I'll do this. I will play a cover version of it. Thank you. For, Please. For, and I'm not tricking you. The Jimmy World version is the very Jimmy good. The Jimmy World yeah. ver- which I had heard maybe once before this year. I've heard it four times. It's out there. Yeah. yeah. It's been playing a lot. So it's last Christmas I gave you my heart. The very next day you took it away. And you made a big deal about wanting to go see the movie last Christmas, which I has did come they, and gone. They wouldn't <laughs> stop advertising yeah, it to boy, me. It, it could not have gotten out of the theaters faster. Thank God. Yeah, we've yeah. forgotten about this thing. <laughs> so the whole idea is that you go without really, I mean, it's not up to you, but you have to live in a world that is Christmas centered and try to not hear the song Last Christmas by the way. And if you and the way that it goes is that uh, covers are okay. Uh-huh. But if you hear and recognize that you are hearing the original version of Last Christmas, you have died. You you, you have you are <laughs> out of the game. It's a last man standing uh, kind of thing. Yeah, I think it would be fun to have as soon as I got hit, I was like, oh man. Uh, but I was uh I was thinking it would be funny if we did get hit to see how many people, how many times you can get hit then. Yeah. Like that. And then it becomes more fun because one of the rules they said is that you can send it to people. Yeah. Which I think is against the spirit of the game. I have not opened a single video you so sent So here's me. what happened though. So I went to, we did our, our town, like Christmas Santa Claus came to our town and there was a Christmas celebration in our community center. I was at the community center. I'm yeah. waiting in line for Santa while everybody's doing all their things. There's a dance troupe in the gym. That's doing dance no. stuff. And I'm messing around on my phone, playing some game while I'm standing in line. Uh, and then I just, the, I, I, uh, my daughter came up. I asked her a question. I recorded her doing something. As she was done, I realized, what's, oh, man, Last Christmas is playing. The dance troupe is dancing Last Christmas. I've heard it. I'm done. Yeah. This was on December, like, 9th, 8th, oh, something like that. So, rough. I mean, like, I barely got a week into it. Yeah. I then, deviously... Because I had made this deal with you and Ed. I go back and realize, I, before I realized it, I recorded my daughter talking oh, while Last Christmas is playing in the background. Man. I sent you the video because I'm terrible. Because uh-huh. we're all going down. I want, if I'm going down, <laughs> everybody's going down too. Uh, and I knew it. I said it to you. You didn't watch it. But I've no. since gone back and realized that unless you knew that Last Christmas was playing, you could not tell the Last Christmas playing. Yeah. So even if you had listened, because I was going to have you... Likely story. I was going to hope like you you comment be like what why'd you send me that i don't know what that was about and then i was gonna say yes listen to the background uh-huh. now we're all dead yeah no nope. uh, nope nope but uh no you and even if you had listened to it you wouldn't i really desperately wanted last christmas to be playing in the background of that so i could have got you know. and then uh. it became clear that that it was just funny so i just kept recording videos and sending them to you and when you, I knew you weren't going to listen to it. Like no. I, re- I recorded the dance troupe dancing to clearly not Last Christmas because they were dancing too fast. But I wanted you to imagine that Last Christmas was playing enough. I didn't even play with the volume down. Yeah, I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I'm in it to win it. Uh, so now you just have to keep going. And so I, I mean, all of you missed it. But for next year, yeah, 
I guess you still have some time. You have time. Yeah, you still have Hop time. in. You got a couple days. Uh, there, yeah. are, there are terrifying moments in this game. Oh, man. Uh, and I can't believe how... I still... I've only heard it that once. I still haven't heard it since then. I And I, I have heard two covers. Of it. I heard the Jimmy Eat World one and then a different cover version. There are a couple covers out there. I can't believe it. Um, I... I in Denver, in the airport, seems to be a common theme yeah. for me. My headphone batteries died. So I had like a good hour while I was recharging headphones. I was like, please, 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 please. <laughs> uh, so that was bad. Last Christmas is one of your favorites. What are two other yeah, favorites? Uh, I really like, um, shoot, the name has escaped me now. Who sings it? I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, I, anything Frank Sinatra did around Christmas is yeah, good. Yeah. I, I do like Walking in a Winter Wonderland. Which, by who? Uh, Which one? The Dolly Parton one? No. <laughs> Unequivocally, no. You know who, who covered it very well is, believe it or not, Reliant K. Oh, yeah. Um, Christian band. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm Getting Nothing for Christmas is yeah. a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, here, here's what I, my three yeah. that I love are the, my favorite Christmas song. Which I love it so much that I listen to it too much, and now my wife doesn't like it. Um, but it's a, it's a song by the Pogues. Mm-hmm. It's called "The Fairy Tale of New York." Okay. And uh, and it's it's the one it goes and the bells are ringing out for Christmas Day. If you've ever heard it, you know from that. Yeah. It's from the '80s. Like the Pogues were this Irish band from the '80s, um, and this song it's so good. I feel like everybody needs to know that with that answer, you are wearing a knit beanie and a scarf <laughs> in the studio because that was the most hipster. It's, but it's 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 far more common than you. It definitely gets regular airplay, but it's not. I didn't know about it until I got some like new wave CD when I was in high school and then yeah. I heard it. And in Britain, it's really well played because actually one of the the addendums that I saw to Whamageddon is the fairy tale of New York again. Wow. Because I guess it gets played all the time in Britain. Yeah. Um, so that one I love. I I do love uh, "White Christmas" by Bing mm-hmm. Crosby. I mean, I have this uh, Bing Crosby uh, Christmas radio that was an XM station one time, and I recorded it for like twelve hours. So I have a twelve-hour loop of that of all these old radio shows that Bing Crosby did, and they're fantastic. Yeah. Um, I also love "One More Sleep Till Christmas" from mm-hmm. the Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, great film. The best version of a Christmas Carol. Yeah. Oh, I completely forgot about that one. That oh, wait, no, no, no. The, the Christmas Carol's good, but what's the other one they do when they get snowed in? You can't find it. Oh, anymore. Muppet Family Christmas. It's on. Yeah. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Yeah. You oh, know what's even better than that? Emma and Otter's Jug Band Christmas. What? Oh, that's on Prime. You got to watch that with the boys tonight. Okay. I'm gonna send you the link. <laughs> I'm a. <laughs> yeah. So watch Emma and Otter's Emma and Otter's Jug Band Christmas. It's on Prime right now. It didn't used to be, and it was really hard to find on YouTube. But the Muppet Family Christmas, where they go to Fozzie's mom's uh-huh. house. Yeah. So great. Yeah, that one is great, and it's on YouTube in its entirety. We already watched it. This year. <laughs> uh, so that those are my three. Fa- I also love. There's a song called "Let Me Sleep" by Pearl Jam. Uh-huh. That's very good. Um. Yeah, I like Christmas Wrapping by The Waitresses. That's another hipster 80s song. <laughs> if I hear Baby It's Cold Outside one more time. That's a terrible song. It's horrible. Yeah, it's not only a bad song. It's just a, And like people just stop remaking it. People are like, oh, it's a new version of the song. No, no it's not that great yeah, of a song. Just let it go. I do have to say, um, All I Want for Christmas is You is a fan freaking tastic song it's a great song i do I, not get tired of that song i heard it's a, so good i i heard a cover of it that oh, made me love it a no. little more I, what no no i don't mariah carey and i have a very complicated relationship i don't like mariah carey either that song is perfect <laughs> that uh, song is like whatever top 
Tom Cruise song, Tom Cruise movie. That's a few good men. Yeah. <laughs> Santa baby. While we're naming uh, terrible. No. Yeah, get, get oh. rid of that one. That's oh. horrible. Just the Eartha Kit version is not bad. The Madonna version's ridiculous. Oh, all of it's bad. Uh, anyway, okay. So, Carols. Wait, uh, who sang the cover of All I Want for Christmas Is You? I can't remember. I had it on Spotify. It's gonna um, be terrible. No, it's a Spotify. There's a Spotify list called Coffee House Christmas. Okay, which sounds awful on the face it of it. It really does. But it's just a whole bunch of acoustic covers of those songs. I, I can't imagine the, a cover. I have to seek it out. I'll find it. I'll and find I'm, it. And send I'm, it to I'm, you. I'm willing. I'm a high skeptic, but I'll give it a shot. Okay. But all I want for Christmas is so great. That's Mariah Carey. If nothing else, that song you gave that song to the world. Thank you, Mariah Carey. America's sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Carols. Uh, I, I'll give you my three real quick, cause like for the sake of time. Yeah. Here are my three favorite carols. I mean, I love some joy to the world. I love some silent night. But my three favorite go tos. Yeah. Are, God rest you, merry gentlemen. Yes. Uh, the gender inclusivity of gender exclusivity is very problematic. You can't change it. Like nope. it, it just there's no remake. You can't say you can God rest it. you, merry gentle people. No. It just doesn't work. I'm sorry. Uh, it's not in hymnals. I understand why. I'm fine with it not being in hymnals. I love that song. I love a good minor key. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Carol. I wonder if it's you're going to pick my other my other then. minor key Harold, Carol. I love We Three Kings. Oh, not the love one. Love it because yep. it's like, ooh, sad, 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 sad. Ooh, hope. Mm-hmm. And then I love the myrrh is mine, it's bitter perfume. Brings the rise of gathering gloom, soaring, sighing, bleeding, dying, dead in a stone cold tomb. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah, filthy uh, animal. <laughs> 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 And then uh, I I do love me some O Come O Come Emmanuel, which is yeah. an Advent hymn. It is, yeah. So, okay. Uh, oh, those are probably my top three. Fire up the good oh, Christian and good King Wenceslas. Okay, it's I thought fantastic. for sure you were going to grab one of mine, given your love of minor key. But I do love the before hymns. I'm we sure I have it. Andrew Peterson huh? is a very not well known Christian artist who made a Advent album. What called Behold the Lamb of God? Okay, it is fee. Nominal. Uh, you have to. It's almost like a rock opera. The Christmas albums you need to be listening to right now are the Sufjan Stevens. Also, album. so Sufjan Stevens spelled S U F J A N. He is a white man from Michigan who had hippie parents who gave him a, a Aramaic name. But yeah. Uh, so I mean, like that, that's neither here nor there. But just in case you're anticipating, so, like you listen to, like what? This is just a white guy. Yeah, it's very. It's the whitest white guy. But boy, his Christmas albums. He re- He did a bunch of Christmas albums. Uh, he did five EPs, uh-huh. so there's like 70 songs, and it was basically because Christmas music gets too commercial, and he just like turns it into very hipster stuff. But it's great, 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 great stuff. Yeah, Andrew Peterson, it, it just to tease this, yeah, made a song of the genealogy. Oh my, for Matthew. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nailed Wait, it. the Matthew one or the Luke one? The Matthew one. Okay, so yeah. it starts with Abraham. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically called Matthew's Begats. <laughs> uh, but it's. I do love the genealogies. Oh, I'll talk genealogy. So we need to do a genealogy episode at some point. Oh, yeah. We keep threatening these episodes. I'm I not sure that would have mass appeal. We got time. We got time. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring the yeah, We're not done with this. Yeah. Uh, so, Carols, uh, I love uh, In the Bleak Midwinter. Oh. Which is not historically or meteorologi- meteorologically yeah. accurate. It would not have been. Yeah. Well, Jesus wasn't. Jesus was born in April. I yeah, say. right. Yeah. So, whatever. But but it's a great song. Yeah. Um, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I love that one. For the Charlie Brownness of it. I it's, have a, a, it's a great one. I have a, a, a fondness for that hymn. I love my, Christmas carols is what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. I have a dislike of that one that has turned funny because it doesn't rhyme in a way that you really want it to 
and I can't when when Ed Mercy Mild reconciled. No, Wait. no, that works. Yeah. Uh, late in time, behold him come, offspring of the virgin's son, womb, <laughs> which I will never forget. Ed and I in our first job together, standing on Christmas Eve, singing that song at the top of our lungs. Womb. And Ed singing the back rhyme to rhyme with the first one, and I tears. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I do love when there are rhymes that only work in a British accent. Yeah, like there, there's a lot of uh, Mumford and songs. Yeah, Mumford and Son, Mumford and songs that that are that way. <laughs> Where it's like oh, I can't sing this normal uh, because I I have to do the British version if it's anyway. Here's my Christian worship leader hot take. Yep. Silent Night is like everybody's go-to. Oh, I love Silent Night. It's a great song. It's a great song. I think Oh Holy Night is better. Ooh, that's a hard one to sing, though. It is a hard one to oh, sing. Oh, boy. And too many people have died on, on that one. <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to go and right for it. The, like, yeah. it's, it's unforgiving, that song. It is. And whenever someone's going to sing it, I'm like, Ugh. it's like Mary Did You Know. Like, please <laughs> watch out. Yeah. It's a caution. Mary Did You Know. I love that song. It mm. is. It makes me cry. Yeah. The Denzel tear every time. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, and, and having kids, like I look at my kids and it's like, oh man, I don't know who they're going to, clearly oh. they're not Jesus. That's not, I'm not going to. Right, right, right. But who but are they going to be? Yeah, my kids are going to be, and did I know that this little baby that I'm holding is going to be this thing? And even yeah. now that they're not babies, it's still, it, oh, it gets me. I love that song, but boy, that's a hard song to sing. Yeah. We got uh, Izzy. Uh, yep. Who's our our, our that was really podcast guest? Yeah, she she can sing it and she can sing it. Yeah, uh, boy, well, that's boy. Very few people can. This is one of my favorite times, and and we talked a little bit, I think, off air about re- needing to redefine what a worship leader is for 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 starters. Oh, yeah. but but we'll come back to that. Problematic stuff happening right now. Yeah, we'll, Christians. We'll come back to that rant later. Yeah. Oh man, I love being a worship leader in this season yeah contemporary oh, worship so nice and particularly in a church like this where i have so many gifted musicians that i can create almost any genre of band for mm-hmm. these f- five six weeks yeah, yeah yeah to put to play with that like okay we're gonna do a indie rock version of the first noel over mm. here oh we're gonna do a bluegrass angels we have heard on high over here oh we're gonna do a oh it's just so much fun to play with these yeah. um in a way that I think I'd tire of if these were all year round songs. Yeah. I do love like the unsuspecting I love Come Thou Found of Every Blessing, which is kind of a Christmas song. Yeah. As much as Joy to the World is, which is also not a Christmas song. Yep. Uh but we sing that kind of year round. I love that song. Yeah. Um I do also love um uh I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Oh yeah. Uh song wise it's I don't I'm I it's like pedestrian I was just like okay but the story behind it do you know the story behind it I do not oh man his family I think he came to America and then his family all died mm. on a boat ride over and then and he the whole story if you like you listen to the verses is like basically like everything is gone everything but sucks. I hear the bells and I know that there's peace on earth and good like that there's hope yeah even though I have I have nothing left mm. um but I have hope that there, because I hear these bells and I know that there's something bigger out there. The God is doing, God is still here doing something, even though I, I can't see it right now mm. because everything is falling apart. Yeah. Uh, 
and singing that. And that's like the fourth verse or something like that. The verse we never sing. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, that really kind of, it, it doesn't say like my kids all died and I am sad, but it, it, it like, it makes it clear when you know the story is like, Ooh, yeah, that's, uh, that's some rough stuff. Oof. That's yeah. a good song. Though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Christmas. So, yeah. I, one, one of the things that, that we did with, um, uh, we have long had communion on Christmas Eve, mm. and this is the first year that I'm pushing back. We're not having communion on Christmas Eve at our Christmas Eve service, particularly because, uh, and and I think communion is great. Uh, there's if you, there's no there's always a good reason to have communion. Sure. So there's nothing wrong with having it all the time with doing it even too much, but communion is constantly pointing us to the resurrection and the cross, and uh, the resurrection and the cross are are essential to what Christ is, but they are not exclusively all Christ is. And a lot of times we treat it like that's all that matters. Yes. And Christmas is not pointing to the resurrection. Christmas is a different thing altogether. Jesus could have just walked out of the desert as a 30 year old man, as he does in Mark. Yeah. And the gospel of Mark just starts with Jesus walking by and John the best saying, that's the guy I'm talking about. And he just goes <laughs> me. And then he just walks out. <laughs> like it's really, uh, <laughs> And so to begin, let's yeah. just fast forward. We got a lot of things to get yeah, to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's Mark's uh, yeah, deal. Yeah, like, yep, yep. Immediately, uh, Jesus did jumping this in. Thing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the the important thing about the about Luke and Matthew are the only two that have the Christmas story. John doesn't have a Christmas. John right. starts before anything begins, yeah. and then jumps to the Mark scene. Um, and Matthew and Mark, or Matthew and and Luke are the only two. Luke is the one that has the Linus Van Pelt. Charlie Brown Christmas, yep. uh, like that's Angels. what he sells. He, that's Angels what Christmas is all about. Yeah, yeah. And lo, they were watching with their sheep by now. You get Mary's perspective in that one. Yep. Matthew is where you get the uh, jo- Joshua or uh, the Joseph perspective and the Magi. The Magi are not in Luke. The shepherds are not in Matthew. Right. And the Magnificat, which is Mary's singing a song about, like this is awesome. Uh, I'm glad God chose me. God is awesome. I don't deserve this, but I really appreciate it. Um, all of Mary's perspective is told from Luke's perspective, which is consistent with who Luke is. And all of yeah. Joseph uh, is told from Matthew's perspective, which is consistent with who Matthew is. Because Matthew's constantly pushing back to say, see, this is what was foretold in the Old Testament. And Joseph right. comes through the line of David. And right. that's really prefiguring that. Incidentally, speaking of Jesus as a baby, Scott Erickson is a painter, yeah. uh, a Christian artist. Yeah. If you follow him on Instagram right now, he has been absolutely killing it with paintings. He does these all in like sit, single sittings, and they're incredible to me. Um, but he's just getting real with what having a baby is and oh, how yeah. absolutely terribly disgusting and yeah. painful. And it's really good stuff. There's one uh, where somebody is very clearly wiping a baby's bottom, uh, but the the line over it is mighty God. And the like juxtaposition of God having his butt wiped is like, oh, oh, it's, okay, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's really, really well done. Even just yesterday, um, I had uh, we were doing a Bible study, and we we're talking about Christmas and its importance. And one of my, it was a Jewish Christian dialogue, um, and one of my uh, church members said that he really saw the point of Easter, but doesn't understand why Christmas gets such a big deal. And I was like, uh, exactly. I got to talk about this, but this is really the only thing that separates Jews and Christians, in <laughs> yeah. terms, like the big theological thing. Yeah. So I went for it and they were understanding and graceful about it. But was it, was it like, a Jewish person that had asked the question? No, it was a oh, Christian okay. person. Yeah. Um, but with it was with a 
population they, of Jewish folks with, and, and with Christian a, folks. Yeah, with a host of Jewish po- folks sitting there. Um, but we're saying like this is where we feel like God showed up to yeah. us. Well, and that's so the the big thing is that Christmas is about the incarnation, not yes. just the resurrection, and, and to say that God didn't just come here to save us; God came here to be with us. Yes. So here is along the lines of uh, the the paintings you were talking about. This is someone posted this on Facebook, and it's just great. This is written from a a woman's perspective and as a man i i i can only uh <laughs> pretend I, yeah, to fathom yeah. i i can relate to it in the sense that i was very present with my wife in all of our all of the births of our children but and marveled at what she was able to do and knowing that the relationship that she had and has with our kids is very different than the one that i will be able to have so here it is sometimes i wonder if mary breastfed jesus if she cried out when he bit her or if she sobbed when he would not latch Sometimes I wonder if this is all too vulgar to ask in a church full of men without milk stains on their shirts or coconut oil on their breasts, preaching from the pulpits off limits to the mother of God. But then I think of feeding Jesus, birthing Jesus, the expulsion of blood, the smell of sweat, the salt of the mother's tears onto the soft head of the salt of the earth, feeling lonely and tired, hungry, annoyed, overwhelmed, loving. And I think if the vulgarity of birth is not honestly preached by men who carry power but not burden, who carry privilege but not labor, who carry authority but not submission, then it should not be preached at all. Because the real scandal of the birth of God lies in the cracked nipples of a 14-year-old and not in the sermons of ministers who say women are too delicate to lead. That's by Caitlin Hardy Shelter, and that is awesome. I would say, thus saith the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's it. And uh, and that and so Jesus comes into the world as a baby. Yeah. The same way that all of us did. Um the real quickly cuz I can get in a in a spiral on this. Um uh Jesus wasn't born in a barn. <laughs> Jesus is born in a living room. Uh and the reason why that's the, like look at your Bible, it never says anything about a barn, it never says anything about a stable, it never says any it says that there are animals there and we are Western people who animals live in barns. Blanks. Yeah. And it doesn't say anything there's no innkeeper in the story at all. It says at one point there's no room in the inn if you have a bad translation of the Bible, which most of us do. <laughs> Uh, the word that is used for that is Cataluma. Cataluma means upper room. It's used again at the end of Luke. It's where the disciples are all hiding when oh. Jesus has gotten distract, uh, gotten. And so we don't think they're hiding in an inn. We know they're hiding in the upper room, which is the guest room. There is a word for inn in Greek. It is used also in Luke in the Good Samaritan. Yeah. So the Good Samaritan kept, like finds the guy on the side of the road, puts him in an inn, like a hotel, like what we think of. And pays money for him and says, I'm going to come back and pay whatever is left. So if if Jesus were born, if there was no room in the inn where Jesus was to be born, Luke would have written that word. But instead he used the word guest room, which understands, which everybody at the time would have understood because they lived in the home. So the way that the home worked is it was basically one giant room that was the main room. And if you were big enough, you would build an additional room either on top, yep. a second floor, or in the back, basically for like guests or mm-hmm. uh, elders or things like that. And uh, Joseph, in order for their, for Jesus to have been born in a barn, Joseph has to be the worst father of all time. <laughs> because he knew he was going yeah. to, to Bethlehem. He has family there. That's why he's going. And so either he has a terrible family that won't let him stay there. He didn't make arrangements for him to stay there. And also Bethlehem has to be the worst place on earth that they won't let a pregnant lady into any of the rooms. And they say, well, you can go out into this barn. It's not in the Bible. 
I know that that ruins your nativity set and our whole understanding <laughs> and half of our Christmas carols, but it's just not there. And it makes a difference. And if we if we start with Jesus coming into the world as not only just a baby, but rejected and hated by the world, we're jumping to the resurrection again. Yeah. And that's not the way that Jesus came into the world because that's not the point of the story. The only piece of that that, that is there is the manger, the feed trough. And the reason why that's there is that in, in Palestinian homes in first century, And still today, a lot of homes are like this, is that you have the main room and the main room is actually raised up about four feet. And so you go in and immediately you walk up some stairs and then you're just all on this on this level thing. And you have a couple animals and you don't have barns. You don't have things. You also don't have heat. And so at night, like during the day, the animals just kind of roam around near your house. And at night you bring them all in to the land, to the like the bottom floor, like the mudroom, basically. And they just come in the door. You keep them in there. They can't get up the steps onto the to the landing, but they're right there with you throughout the night. They warm the house, and they are safe. And cut into the floor are mangers. Right. And a manger is a feed trough. A manger. Right. Is, some people call it the stable a manger. That's no. a manger is a feed trough. So yes, they lay him in a manger. But everyone at the time would know. Oh yeah, manger is what we have. You know, it's like laying him in a dog right. dish. Like it's you, your dog dish is inside your house, probably. Well, playing with theological themes, like there's one thing to say he's so rejected and despised the, the, in a way that pushes you to the resurrection. Yeah, I think with the symbolism of the bread of the world being laid in a manger, yeah, in a feed trough of like absolutely. Look at the sustaining power that's going on here. Yeah, um, and that's well, a different story than and, you get and, a lot of times. And it also says that it doesn't say that he was born that night. Like it no. says after they had been there. The time came for her to give birth. Yeah. And so it wasn't like, oh, no, we barely just made it. Because, again, Joseph's not an idiot. <laughs> and and the only reason why Joseph brought Mary, because Mary wouldn't have been caught in the census, is that it was the law said that Mary had to be killed because she was pregnant and they weren't married yet. And everybody knew they weren't married yet because they hadn't had a ceremony. Right. And so because you have a huge wedding festival that lasts and then it lasts for a week and then you have a month where you're on the honeymoon. That's what the honeymoon is. It's a month, the honeymoon. Ah. And, so, and uh they didn't have that. So everybody knows that she's not pregnant. And if Joseph had left her there, the law says she must be stoned. She must be killed because she's clearly pregnant and she hasn't gotten married. So Joseph is going is taking her on this journey solely to protect her yeah. And because he's a good dad and God chose Joseph just as much as he chose Mary. So all of that, the reason why that's important, and again, I can go off on that for a while. Read <laughs> Kenneth Bailey. It's all in Kenneth Bailey's books. The it's, it's particularly it's in a lot of his stuff, but particularly Jesus through Middle Eastern eyes. It's a fantastic book. Kenneth Bailey was awesome. Um, he had lived in the Middle East for forty years and understands Middle Eastern culture. So Middle Eastern Christians, Christians, which are the first Christians and still yeah. today, hey. uh, they have no problems with this because they under this is their culture. And, and so when they it. read this, they're like, of course, yeah, that makes sense. And so instead of even by saying there was no room in the inn. Jesus or the no room in the guest room and some translations actually say guest room common English Bible says guest room yeah um, they uh, it's saying Jesus wasn't born secluded in private Jesus was born in the main room yes. which at the time would have been just filled with all of the women of the of the of the family and of the surrounding families and so all the men would have gone outside all the way <laughs> so she would have been why not, is it that I immediately picture them all with cigars and hands yeah, yeah. yeah that's part of it yeah but all of the women would have cared for them so she would have been born this this young girl who's never had a baby before has this baby implicitly cared for by family yeah and this baby comes into the world surrounded by people who are protecting not only Mary like Joseph is but all all of Joseph's family but also people who are protecting this baby how does that image change your perspective of Christmas and does it make it worse? 
Yeah. And if it doesn't make it worse, then why is that not the image we're using? Because that's the image that the Bible uses. Right. And so I think that if we, that is an image that speaks of the incarnation so much better. Whereas the other one does lead to, it at least uh, kind of prefigures the resurrection where they, we have this rejected Christ on a cross. Yeah. Jesus being born rejected is the pretty much the story that we've given Jesus. And that's why I think Christmas is such a vital holiday. Yeah. Um, first of all, and we mentioned culture kind of took Christmas over from us and that's whatever. I don't care. It's a major holiday in the Christian tradition because it's one of the only two that we actually prepare for. Yep. We have Advent running into Christmas. Um, we have Lent running into Easter. But I think, and I said this yesterday at the Jewish Christian Dialogue and I had to kind of be careful how I was saying it, but uh, we're here now so I don't have to be careful about anything. <laughs> uh, all, every religion I can think of is about how people get closer to God. Yeah. Uh, what we do as humanity. It's upwardly focused. Right. Yeah. Us toward God. If you pray enough, if you sacrifice enough, if you are devoted enough, if you whatever, maybe you will get closer to God. Your offering, whether that is physical or spiritual, is what dictates your relationship with the deity. Right. And even the cross gets turned into that in Christian circles, right? Absolutely. The cross doesn't become a message about what God has done for us. The cross becomes a message of, oh, look what Jesus did. What are you doing to satisfy yeah. Christ in that moment? Like, the whole what would Jesus do thing is right. just a point like you should do that too. Right. If you aren't doing that, then you're not good enough. Not the point. Yeah. The point is this is the one time in human history that God says, I'm going to get closer to them. Yeah. Uh, and because uh, clearly we've had an entire human history of proving that we ca- are incapable of getting closer to yeah. God because I'm a good Calvinist. Uh, <laughs> But but this is the moment that God shows up and says, you know what? I'm going there. And it flips the whole notion on its head. It's the one major faith that has a God that says, what you do is not good enough, but that will not keep me away from you. Right. And so, the, and, and reframes the whole relationship of, it's not about you trying to become worthy of this because you can't. It's instead you accepting the grace that I have for you and the love that I have for you that transcends your ability to screw up and reject me because I do not reject you. Right. And that is such a different story. It's not, I was rejected, but now I am not. And I, so I better do well because now I know, which is kind of how religion, how Christianity gets told is that once you know that Jesus died for your sins, you better spend the rest of your life paying for it. Right. And, how it and, works. and we're not talking about just like cheap grace of just like, eh, it doesn't matter what I do because God loves me anyway. Also not true. It, it, it doesn't matter what you do because God loves you anyway, but that's not how it should end. Like right. that's, God is going to love you no matter what you do. But our, the way we respond to God's love does have an impact on the world and does have an impact on, on us and yeah. how, how much we accept the reality that God has for us. Yeah. And without the incarnation, it's all about... Jesus paying our debt, so therefore we owe Jesus. Jesus fulfilling God's wrath, which is gross Uh, and stupid and wrong. Yeah, Uh, it turns God into a monster, and God's not a monster. the The wrath of God is not realized on the cross. That's bad penal substitutionary atonement. That's the theological term for it. He said penal. It's garbage. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, this is about the sacrifice of God. And even the cross is a demonstration of God's love of saying like, not only am I sacrificing myself, I'm sacrificing my son. I mean, the two different perspectives of the same act and the same being, 
But the incarnation, none of that makes sense without the incarnation. Right. Because no. we have a God who not only is with us, but desires to be with us and is with us now. Emmanuel. Yeah. Uh, and it's Richard Foster says that's the whole move of scripture. Like yeah. if, if you have one theme of scripture, yeah. it is the God wants to be with us. Yes. Um, and, 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 and that, that whole penal wrath thing is such a cheap, it's a bad story. It's garbage. It, it, it's a terrible, it's a horror story. Yeah. And, and, and it's and, the Santa Claus is coming to town story, which is actually really a terrifying story. Yeah. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is watching you sleep. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> and he's coming to town yeah. like that. Yeah. If like we, that movie that, Krampus makes sense yeah. to me. In if we that, sing yeah. that about God, you better not watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why Jesus is coming uh, back. Geez. Like that is. But that's that's the that's whole terrible. thing. And, and, and this is why the incarnation has implications to the cross. Yeah. Because it's not Jesus came to save us from the wrath of God. It's that God does what we are incapable of doing for yeah. us in both instances. Yeah. Uh, we are incapable of getting closer to God. God says, okay. Here I'll come, I come. I'll come to you. Yeah, uh, right there in the living room. Um, yeah, and, and when this sin problem gets in the way for us and we can't deal with it, God says, "I got you." Yeah, and takes care of it. And that's the and that's God, the broader thing. And God isn't just a savior. God wants a relationship, right? And yeah, that, no. and, and Jesus is constantly saying that when people are like, well, "Why don't you just heal everybody?" He's like, "Well, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here right. to like forgive sins and like." And just so you understand that I have the the power to forgive sins, yeah, this guy can walk. But that's I'm not here just to like make life easier for you. I'm here to actually be in relationship with you and change the way you relate to these people. Yeah, I want you to know that your sins are forgiven, meaning that that doesn't define you. And so let's let go of that. It's like my friend uh, plays the lottery every once in a while, and he said he has a list of folks that um, if he was to win seventy billion dollars in the lottery. Um, with that list of people, he is, he's not going to give them money, but he'll pay off their debts. Hmm. And by paying off someone's debt, like freeing someone from debt, frees them to live. Yep. And when Jesus forgives us of sins, it's not like, whew, thanks, I'm not going to hell. No, it frees you to live. Yep. If I don't have to worry about whether or not I'm okay with God, then I can spend all of my time worrying about if I'm okay with my neighbor. Yeah. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I, I have said I, I've said this a lot, so I've probably said it here too. So because I'm a one-trick pony, really, I don't think heaven is the reward for a faithful no. Christian life. No, heaven is where the reward takes place. Yeah, the reward is the relationship with God well, and, even and with this, each other. From a scriptural standpoint, heaven is not somewhere else. Heaven, no. new, the heaven and earth are com- combined right and, and here. A, yeah, it's a physical space. Yeah. Um, the other last thing about Jesus coming into a baby, uh, the, the Jesus story as presented in scripture, as wrongly understood by 90% of Christians, <laughs> um, is that Jesus' birth is utterly unspectacular. Yes. What is spectacular about it are the lowest of society come and celebrate him. Yep. And the highest of society come and celebrate him because God told them that this is who you should look for. Yep. Um, and by Jesus being born unspectacularly, it's highlighting the fact that Jesus was born just like us. Yep. Jesus is just like us. Jesus is taking on a human life from start to finish and experiencing what it's like to be a baby who has no idea what's going on. Yep. And that God is providing the right people in, even in Jesus's life to protect them. And God will provide people in our lives to protect them. Maybe not the, maybe the people that we think should be the ones protecting us, like our mom and dad are the ones that are hurting us or the, or our friends or things like that. Like it's not just that the people that we most expect to, that are supposed to be the ones who watch out for us 
are obligated. Like we may be lacking some of that, but God's there's going to be people there that will help you. Yeah. And also God is putting you in other people's lives to help them. And that's incarnational living. That's recognizing that, that God is with us and we need to be with each other. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. So Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Christmas is actually not yet started. It's still no, coming. So no, yeah, right. Merry so Christmas these... coming up, everybody. Yep. Yep. Tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, and you got 12 days of Christmas after that. Yes. Yeah, so yes. get your partridges ready. You're going to have to give 12 of them. And your pear trees. Because it's exponential, this thing. <laughs> every time. I Okay. Every day, the, the, it gives a partridge every single day, yeah. plus other things. I So one of my favorite moments in life was I was out with my band in college, and we were eating dinner at Perkins after a show because we we're poor college kids. And I watched our bass player absolutely ruin a young couple's first date because he was going off on this incredible rant (laughs) about how many birds are present. Oh, it's so many birds. It's so many birds. And the line that got me was, and never mind the geese a laying because there's more (laughs) birds coming. They are. They're laying more eggs. And there there was a young man on a date and he was in rapt attention with oh, our bass player talking nice. about all the birds completely ignoring his date and i i suspect that was their last date ever is he that dating was... your bass player now uh, maybe <laughs> i don't know yeah. <laughs> so anyway uh never mind them geese laying. yeah uh tell us tell us uh what your favorite christmas songs are i, I could say we gotta go carols yeah we we did that we did uh, yeah we talked about that earlier we I did believe. we did <laughs> Uh, tell us wh- why why or why not All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey is the best Christmas song of all time. It's not. <laughs> um, tell us what your favorite Christmas carol song is and tell us what your favorite like popular Christmas song is. And, and, and here's another one, too, just because we need two Twitter questions. Yeah. It's Christmas. Yeah. Let's be generous. I was thinking the other day about every year in between the services, we have four of them at this church, which yeah. is like five too many. Yeah. Um, but in between services, I go to Sheets. Yep. Because when I was a boy... And played in the in the little choir for my church. Mm-hmm. We had two services, and in between, go to, sheets. Go to sheets. Yeah, uh, and, and so they're they're these little sheets, sheets is a like convenience store. It's a gas station yeah. that serves food, but it's yeah. better than that sounds. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, it's a food they, station that serves gas. Is and they, this is my yeah. deep dark secret. They give away free coffee on Christmas. Yes, Even they Christmas. do, and New Year's Day. Yeah, yeah, so great. I forgot about that. I'm all about their lackluster coffee on those days. Yeah. But, but so the thought that arranged for me is that we have these big Christmas traditions, but then we all have these little like micro Christmas yep. traditions yep. That, that are unique to you and your family and things like that. Those things fascinate me. So if yeah. you've got like little traditions oh, yeah. that are just for you or your family around this holiday, yeah, let us know. Tell us about your, your little micro tradition. The one last thing to kind of say is uh, if you never heard the Christmas story, the story of the incarnation and kind of Jesus not being born in a barn, what does that change your perspective on Christmas? Yeah. Does that ruin your Christmas to think of it that way? Tell us about how that makes you feel. Because I'm always intrigued by how people feel about that realization. It's not like I like blow people's minds with it, but it it really changed my perspective a lot. And the more I read scripture and realized like, oh, this is not only just I prefer this way, this is the actual scriptural understanding of what happened. Yeah. Uh, so this is what we're the way we're supposed to look at it. How does that change things? Absolutely. So anyway, let us know. Uh, Merry almost Christmas, everybody. Have a great time. Go to church tonight because that's the best night of the year to go to church. And if you need one, we've got four. So, like, throw a dart at a clock and you'll probably find a worship service. If you are north or south of Pittsburgh, there are two different places you can go. Yeah. How many are you doing? We do do two. Yeah. Because we're sane. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> it is absolutely yeah. ludicrous. <laughs> I don't I don't look forward to it. Yeah. We do sing a lot of ludicrous songs though, so that, that yeah. helps. We sing roll out. We sing very good. <laughs> well until uh, next time, I'm Jay. <laughs> and I'm Tyler. And this has been Merry Christmas. Roughing the Pastor. Uh,